Good day to you. We have been reading in Genesis, the book of Genesis. We're ready to read Genesis chapter 31. Now, at the end of chapter 30, Jacob was basically um, collecting his wages from Laban, who was being deceitful by taking away the uh, animals that should have been Jacob's and taking them away and moving them far away from the flock and leaving Jacob to handle just the the flock that shouldn't have been his, and that Jacob said he would not take any of those. Um, so, here's the last verse of Genesis chapter 30. So Jacob became exceedingly prosperous and had large flocks of sheep and goats and female and male servants and camels and donkeys. So here Jacob became exceedingly prosperous, even though Laban tried to deal with him improperly. Now here we are in Genesis chapter 31. Jacob heard that Laban's sons were saying, Jacob has taken away everything that was our father's, and from what belonged to our father, he has acquired all his wealth and honor. Now see, they did not understand what had happened. Now, how much they knew about what happened, I don't know, but they obviously did not understand. Laban hurt himself by basically trying to keep um, what he owed Jacob from him. He, you know, Jacob said he would take the speckled and the spotted, the stripes, you know, the, the basically the lesser unwanted creatures of the flocks, you know, because those are the ones that were usually less wanted. And Laban kept those from him so that he couldn't have them, so that he would have no wages. That was the intent. That was the intent of Laban. That's that's why he would do that. So now Laban's sons, seeing that that did not work, and Jacob actually became very prosperous, and I would dare say from what we read in chapter 30 that Laban's flock was probably dwindling and not doing as well. But it was his own fault. He caused that to come on himself, like we so often create our own issues and our own problems. Um, through our through our actions, and, and that's what Laban did. And see, his sons are not understanding that he brought that on himself. But selfishly, they are probably looking at it and saying, well, if our father doesn't have a lot, then we don't have a lot. And Jacob is greater than us. He's richer than us. He's doing better than us. And that's unfair. That's what they're thinking. Now, that's what I'm saying. And, and I know it doesn't say that here, but I believe that's the intent. I believe that's the intent, because they're saying Jacob has taken everything that was our father's, and from what belonged to our father, he has acquired all his wealth and honor. And in a way, I think what they are implying also is that he's taken what's ours, because we are Laban's sons. So, just understand that there's some envy, there's some things that work here. This is why we don't want to get into envy and all that stuff. If, if God is blessing someone and they're doing well, be happy for them. You know, I'm not saying allow people to cheat you or, or rob you. You know, act within uh, the law and within the correct uh, manner, you know, to deal with those things, within the correct uh, conforms of society and, and the law to, to handle those things. But, on the other hand, if someone is just prospering um, because they're good at what they do or whatever, you know, however they're prospering, as long as it's legal and it's, you know, moral, 
don't envy them, don't be hateful of them, don't be mad at them, be happy for them. All right, so going to continue on. That was just verse 1, and I got all out of sorts. So let's come back to verse 2. Jacob noticed a change in the attitude of Laban and saw that it was not friendly toward him as before. I forgot to mention, this is chapter 31, and we are reading in the Amplified Bible. Okay. So Jacob noticed a change in the attitude of Laban and saw that it was not friendly toward him as before. And that's because Laban thought he was going to cheat Jacob again. He got into a habit, okay? He cheated Jacob once, and he said, well, that's our custom. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Now we're starting to see a pattern from Laban. Was that a custom, or was he just doing that? So then he had, then he had uh, Jacob work another seven years for Rachel. Okay, so... In a way, in his mind, I mean, he was push. He was getting his daughters married off, and he was getting someone to work for him. So, and and obviously Jacob was doing well, and he was, you know, his flocks were blessed and all. All right. So then the Lord said to Jacob, "Return to the land of your fathers and to your people, and I will be with you." So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to his flock in the field, and he said to them. I see a change in your father's attitude, that he is not friendly toward me as he was before. But the God of my father Isaac has been with me. You know that I have served your father with all my strength. Yet your father has cheated me as often as possible and changed my wages ten times. But God did not allow him to hurt me. Now, changed his wages ten times. Now, I don't know that we were told every one of those times. I'm just saying. I know for certain that we we saw where Laban did mistreat Jacob and did not deal fairly with him. But I don't know if we saw ten times. Maybe they're not all mentioned here. It really isn't important except to note that this had become a habit that Laban would cheat Jacob. When people start using and cheating others, it does become a habit. When you start bad practices... It can easily become a habit, and and that that is not good. That is not good for you, and it's not good for people you deal with. All right. So, yet your father has cheated me as often as possible and changed my wages ten times, but God did not allow him to hurt me. If he said the speckled shall be your wages, then the entire flock gave birth to speckled young. And if he said the streaked shall be your wages, then the entire flock gave birth to streaked young. Thus God has taken away the flocks of your father and given them to me. So here we're, we're being told a little bit about how this has occurred. And it happened at the time when the flock conceived that I looked up and saw in a dream that the rams which mated with the female goats were streaked and speckled and spotted. And the angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob, and I said, Here I am. He said, Look up and see. All the rams which are mating with the flock are streaked, speckled, and spotted. For I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar, and where you made me a vow to me, and where you made a vow to me. Now stand up, leave this land, and return to the land of your birth. 
Rachel and Leah answered him, Is there still any portion or inheritance for us in our father's house? Are we not counted by him as foreigners? For he sold us to you in marriage, and has also entirely used up our purchase price. Surely all the riches which God has taken from our father are ours and our children's. Now then, whatever God has told you to do, do it. So, Rachel and Leah are on board for this, for they see, they see what has happened. You know, they, they understand they were sold to him for seven years apiece, okay? And he has more than done that. He has more than served those years. And they're saying that surely whatever comes from their father belongs to them and their children. You know, they have as much a right to that as anyone. And, and plus, Jacob has worked for their father all this time. Then Jacob stood and took action and put his children and his wives on camels. And he drove away all his livestock and took along all his property which he had acquired, the livestock he had obtained and accumulated in Paddan Aram to go to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. When Laban had gone to shear his sheep, Rachel went inside the house and stole her father's household gods. And Jacob, wait just a minute, yeah. And Jacob deceived Laban the Aramean, or Syrian it says here, by not telling him that he intended to leave, and he slipped away secretly. So he fled with everything he had and got up and crossed the river Euphrates, and set his face toward the hill country of Gilead, east of the Jordan River. So here, Jacob is like, okay, we're going to leave, and we're just going to leave secretly, quietly. He probably thought that was for the best, that it would be more peaceful, and they would just leave and have, you know, be done with it. On the third day after his departure, Laban was told that Jacob had fled. So he took his relatives with him and pursued him for seven days. And they overtook him in the hill country of Gilead. God came to Laban, the Aramean, in a dream at night and said to him, Be careful that you do not speak to Jacob either good or bad. So this is odd. He's warning Laban to not be, you know, ill in other words, I think in a way he's saying don't be buttering him up and, and you know, being deceitful that way, but also do not speak ill or bad to him. Do not speak hatefully and mean to him. So then, oh, sorry, there's no so, <clears throat> then Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent on the hill, and Laban with his relatives camped on the same hill of Gilead. Then Laban said to Jacob, what do you mean by deceiving me and leaving without my knowledge and carrying off my daughters as if they were captives of the sword? Why did you run away secretly and deceive me and not tell me, so that otherwise I might have sent you away with joy and with songs, with music, on the tambourine and lyre? And why did you not allow me to kiss my grandchildren and my daughters goodbye? Now you have done a foolish thing in behaving like this. It is in my power to harm you, but the God of your father spoke to me last night, saying, Be careful not to speak to Jacob, either good or bad. Now I suppose you felt you must go because you were homesick for your father's house and family, but why did you steal my household gods? 
Jacob answered Laban, I left secretly because I was afraid, for I thought you would take your daughters away from me by force. The one with whom you find your God shall not live in the presence of our relatives. Wait, I I misread that. I apologize. The one with whom you find your God shall not live in the presence of our relatives. Search my possessions. Point out whatever you find that belongs to you and take it. For Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the idols. So Laban went into Jacob's tent and into Leah's tent and the tent of the two maids, but he did not find them. Then he came out of Leah's tent and entered Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the household idols and put them in the camel's saddlebag and sat on them. Laban searched through all her tent but did not find them. So Rachel said to her father, Do not be displeased, my lord, that I cannot rise before you, for the manner of women is on me and I am unwell. He searched further but did not find the household idols. Now, they have a note here, and I do want to mention this because I'm not that familiar with the history of these things. But there is a note about why Laban was upset about the possession of these household gods. Laban was upset because possession of the father's household gods played an important role in inheritance. In the region where Laban lived, a son-in-law who possessed the family gods could appear before a judge and make a claim to the estate of his father-in-law. Since Jacob's possession of the household gods implied the right to inherit Laban's wealth. So one can understand why he followed Jacob to recover the idols, why that was important. Now, not to say that the other things he mentions are important, but it sounds like he was really there just to make sure he got those idols back because it sounds like whoever had those idols could lay claim to his lands and whatever wealth he might have had. Okay? Now, I'm... This is this is a note, like a footnote at the bottom, and I'm just giving you that as a little information. Um, I am kind of assuming that it's at least, you know, mainly correct. I do not personally know that, but I just wanted to share that because it does help make some sense if Laban thought that, hey, if he were to come back with that, he could claim everything and take it from my sons. You know, that would be an important reason to do that. All right. Nonetheless, Laban did not find the idols. Then Jacob became angry and argued with Laban, and he said to Laban, What is my fault? What is my sin that you pursued me like this? Although you have searched through all my possessions, what have you found of your household goods? Put it here before my relatives and your relatives so that they may decide who has done right between the two of us. These twenty years I have been with you. Your ooze and your female goats have not lost their young, nor have I eaten the rams of your flocks. I did not bring you the torn carcasses of the animals attacked by predators. I personally took the loss. You required of me to make good everything that was stolen, whether it occurred by day or night. This was my situation. By day the heat consumed me, and by night the cold, and I could not sleep. These twenty years I have been in your house. I served you fourteen years for your two daughters, and six years for my share of your flocks, and you have changed my wages ten times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the feared one of Isaac, had not been with me, most certainly 
you would have sent me away now empty-handed. God has seen my affliction and humiliation and the exhausting labor of my hands, so he rendered judgment and rebuked you last night. Laban answered, Jacob, these women that you married are my daughters, these children are my grandchildren. These flocks are from my flocks, and all that you see here is mine. But what can I do today to these, to these my daughters or to their children to whom they have given birth? So come now, let us make a covenant, you and I, and let it serve as a witness between you and me. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a memorial pillar. Jacob said to his relatives, Gather stones, and they took stones and made a mound of stones, and they ate a ceremonial meal together there on the mound of stones. Laban called it Jeger Sahudotha, Sahudotha, okay, that's the best I'm going to do, Stone Monument of Testimony in Aramaic, but Jacob called it Galid. Now, Galid, let's see, they have a note about that. Let me see if that means it means heap of witness. Okay. Laban said, this mound of stones is a witness, a reminder of the oath taken today between you and me. Therefore, he also called the name Galid. And Mizpah, watchtower for Laban, said, may the Lord watch between you and me when we are absent from one another. If you should mistreat, humiliate, oppress my daughters, or if you should take other wives besides my daughters, although no one is with us as a witness, see and remember God is witness between you and me. Laban said to Jacob, Look at this mound of stones and look at this pillar which I have set up between you and me. This mound is a witness and this pillar is a witness that I will not pass by this mound to harm you and that you will not pass by this mound and this pillar to harm me. The God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Nahor, my father, and the God, the image of worship of their father, Terah, an idolater, judge between us. But Jacob swore only by the one true God, the fear of his father Isaac. I want to make a note here that Laban is talking, it seems, about possibly other gods, and there is a note here on that. Um, now, it is spoken of by Joshua later that Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, was an idolater serving other gods. Okay, so here the wording is such that it indicates that Laban equated the god of Abraham and Nahor with the god of Terah which would have been incorrect. Now, it could be that Laban did this in ignorance, or perhaps he um, believed that all of these fake gods were equal to the real god. It's not clear on that. But Jacob recognized the ambiguity or thought it you know, best that he be clear and concise. So, he did not want to swear any allegiance to a false god, so he swore to his own god. And that's something we have to watch out for, too, that we do not get confused or have the waters be muddied that we might think 
that other things and other gods are the same as, as our God and the same as our Lord. They are not. They are not the same. When you talk about uh, uh, these other philosophers and philosophies and you talk about, you know, like the Buddha and all these other things and you talk about other gods and uh, there's whole pantheons of mythologies and other gods and other things. Uh, there are people who, uh, you know, um, worship all types of other things as deities. Okay. The, the Hindu, is it the Hindus? I think it's the Hindus. They have a bunch. They have a whole bunch of little gods. Um, so all of that is not good. And Jacob wanted to make sure that he was clear. And we should always to be clear that we are talking about the Lord, Jesus, the Messiah, and we are talking about God, the Father, the creator of everything, uh, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. So Jacob here was being very clear to make sure that he swore only by God, God, the Father of, you know, God of Abraham, um, not by the others. So Jacob swore only by the one true God, the fear of his father Isaac. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice to the Lord on the mountain and called his relatives to the meal. And they ate food and spent the night on the mountain. Early in the morning, Laban got up and kissed his grandchildren and his daughters goodbye and pronounced a blessing, asking God's favor on them. Then Laban left and returned home. Now, at this point, you know, Rachel appears to have gotten away with the misdeed. Why she did that, maybe she thought that should be her inheritance or her children's inheritance rather than her brother's inheritance. You know, she was a child of Laban. At this point, we're not really told, other than what the girls had said previously, you know, notice they said that surely everything that you, that comes from our father is ours and our children. So maybe Rachel was acting on behalf of her own children, thinking that this should belong to them. That seems to be the case. We shall see if that comes back up. Um, we're just going to continue to read on. And honestly, I don't remember if there's more mention of these idols, so I don't want to speculate yet. We'll see if this even comes back up, okay? Because um, I don't remember this um, that well, even though it's not been that long that I studied Genesis, and I should remember better, but, you know, I'm old, what can I say? So, so that is the end of uh, Genesis chapter 31, Laban left and returned home. Um, so I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you, and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.